wants us anymore. Are you ready? No, I'm just getting warmed up. This task was appointed to you. I said I want the truth! I say we take off and move the entire site Dodge that. Hello and welcome back to the BBFC podcast as we make our way through the classification symbols. Last time we discussed the 12 and 12A with Chris and Joe and today we're here with Johnny, one of our compliance officers and Joe from our operations team who's been kindly presenting this series with me to discuss the 15 age rating symbol, its inception and how it's changed over the years. So Johnny, can you give us an overview of the 15 category as it is today? Sure. Well, today it's the biggest broadest age rating of them all. If the age ratings were planets of a solar system, then the 15 would be Jupiter, except obviously pink instead of... <laughs> I want to say orange. What colour is Jupiter? I'm actually uh, not sure. Well, I saw pictures of it recently. It was blue. I think people think red because of the great red spot. But, um, I think it sort of depends <laughs> how you photograph it and from where. <laughs> anyway, we're straying off topic, I, I feel. Yeah, but <laughs> as interesting as um, this is. <laughs> yeah. 15 is this massive weight of gravity at the heart of the classification system. And it's growing, God help us. It's growing as audience attitudes change. So more relaxed attitudes at the 18 end mean films are filtering down into 15. And increased concerns about certain issues at the other end mean that films until recently might have been 12A now find themselves alongside films like The Shining, Deadpool, Silence of the Lambs, Joker from this year, of course. Um, Four Weddings and a Funeral for the Swearing. Those are the kinds of films we're talking about when we're talking about 15. Now, to give you an idea of how broad the category is, a film might be rated 15 for a single use of the MF word. Mm. And to be, to be clear, that's the word which, if you were watching Beverly Hills Cop on TV in the 90s, uh, as I probably was, that is the word which might have been overdubbed with monkey flipper. Or ne- never by the BBFC, it's important to point out, that we often get blamed for that. So you might have a single MF at one end of 15, but at the other you could have 800 uses of MF. You could, have, you could theoretically have a film that, was, that consisted entirely of nothing but the MF word. Not a very interesting film, perhaps, but a, a film that could be rated 15. And I think it's interesting that most people associate 15 with horror specifically, um, when actually there's a wide array of uh, genre that is encompassed in the 15, would you agree? Absolutely. Um, I mean, to take war films, for instance, a, a 15 war film might have just have a single strongly impactful violence scene and be a 15, or it might have a massive amount of bloody violence and a certain amount of gore, something like Saving Private Ryan or Hacksaw Ridge. And as long as there's no sadistic element, um, and in the case of those two films, a historical grounding to the violence, then it could be 15 too. It's the, it's the broadest of churches. But 15 wasn't always the biggest category, by the way. I went back through our archives. I dug up the first annual report oh, from, wow. <laughs> from 1985 to see whether uh, 15 was top dog, and it was second. Oh, wow. What was first? Do you want to have a guess? 1985. 1985, we didn't have a 12, so um, PG? It was universal. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Gentler times. <laughs> oh, how the tides have changed. <laughs> Um, but one of the genres that's been, that's been making inroads into 15, 15 recently is uh, superhero films. Right. Because usually, I mean, in the last podcast, we discussed um, the 12 and 12A, and we discussed superhero films quite a lot. But I know now um, superhero films are encroaching into the 15. Why do you think that is? 
Yeah, well, I think Deadpool certainly started a bit of a trend. And um, one thing we did notice is we received a number of complaints about Deadpool, which did lead to us looking at the film in the uh, most recent public consultation, uh, which is what we conduct every four to five years to look at the classification guidelines and update them where necessary. And people, I think, partly were taken aback uh, by Deadpool because up to that point, so many people have been used to 12A rated superhero films. Now, suddenly you have a superhero film where the lead characters are swearing and shooting people in the heads, and um, it's not your usual Marvel fare so I think we, we did receive feedback from the public on that because Deadpool always um, breaks the fourth wall doesn't he and he yes, can be he quite does. explicit yeah. um, that also makes it a bit more confrontational I think can you tell us about the classification process why we might have rated it as a 15? Well I think in Deadpool I mean partly just focusing on the violence um, there's a lot more blood, there's a lot more injury detail than you see in a typical 12A superhero film Um, so I think that alone uh, makes it stand out slightly and you can see why the uh, higher rating was required and that's to say nothing of bad language uh, and and various other issues within the film so it does does stand out as being quite different from a regular superhero film I think. Mm. 15 hasn't always been part of our category system what existed before 15 and why why was it brought in? category system has been evolving for a century and we're seeing a new step in its evolution with this new suite of symbols um in the first 10 years i suppose or so of the bbfc there wasn't any need for a wide variety of age restrictions perhaps because the contents of films being submitted wasn't very challenging then over the next 50 years or so age ratings begin to creep in until you get to the double a system that immediately preceded the letters and numbers system that we have now And that system lasted through a golden age of cinema, right through the 70s until 1982. So roughly from MASH to E.T. Or if you work in Bond films, then that's roughly from Diamonds Are Forever to For Your Eyes Only. I like how we're historicising based on Bond films. It's fair to say, uh, you do have a number of colleagues who do count in Bond films, so (laughs) it's quite accurate. Your AA system looked like this. Uh, U, Universal, obviously. A, which was just us advising audiences that there were milder issues, broadly RPG nowadays. Double A, meaning no one under 14 permitted. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. And the, the Mighty X, um, which from 1970 meant adults only. And uh, listeners, my excellent colleagues, Craig and Sarah, doing the 18 podcast, and you should have a listen, because what a piece of branding the X was. Still in common parlance today, even though it's been obsolete for 40 years. X rated is to the thing, isn't it? Even though it's not a racing still a thing, you know? But it's got an element of sleaze attached to it, mm. which the 18 category is free of, curiously. Um, so just to give you a reading of the old system with the films I mentioned earlier, E.T., was a U, still is, of course. Um, Diamonds Are Forever was, to modernise at least, a fairly controversial A. Um, it's now 12. For Your Eyes Only, also an A. Bonds tended to be. And MASH was an X in 1970, but when it was next in, examined in 1987, it moved to the, to the new 15. What was the problem with AA? Why was it changed to 15? Well, I don't, I don't know if there's anything particularly wrong with it. There may have been some slight confusion over whether AA stood for adult accompaniment. Whereas, in fact, any 14-year-old could get into any double-A film. I suspect that in terms of maturity, there are just more different types of 14-year-olds than there are 15-year-olds. When we spoke to Joe in in the PG, he talked about how teenagers specifically um, vary in maturity. Um, So I suppose that comes in an element of the 15 as well, deciding when someone is mature enough to watch content. That's absolutely right. And and where you've got a broader base of audience, it means that you're walking a finer line between 
over-classifying films, um, in this case at X, or, or being too permissive at the AA and running the risk that the film might be unsuitable for a less mature 14-year-old. And can you give me any examples of films such as this? Well, Escape from New York, the John right. Carpenter film from 1981, just before the 15 came in. It was considered a very high double-A film where you can see examiners worrying in their reports about the younger end of the, of the audience. Um, my colleague David, a great scholar of the board, put me onto Rollerball reports. Rollerball is the 1975 sci-fi about an ultra-violent sport in a dystopian future, originally X, but changed to double-A on appeal. At the time of its release in Britain, there was a problem with violence on the terraces. And in the file in our archives, you can see the examiners and the, the director himself justifying the double-A in the face of letters like this one from a cinema manager in which he says, quote, What happened on the afternoon I saw, I saw the film was that many of the unaccompanied youngsters in the cinema were so affected by the vivid reality of the entertainment that they became bound up in it. To the extent of shouting their support, the screaming grew louder as the action became more brutal and the acts of deliberate murder were greeted with even noisier reaction. I believe the film censor has made a serious mistake in classifying it as double A and I consider that you, sir, have aggravated the error. Remember, it's half price for under-16s. So a cinema manager there vividly painting a, a picture of, as he says, a double A gone wrong. That's so interesting to read those reports and see maybe some criticism of the ratings as well. I can't really imagine the cinema audiences these days shouting at the screen in that way. <laughs> no, I mean, people are really captured by cinema, but I can't imagine them um, people running around. No, uh, it does seem a causing... bit foreign, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so why was the 15 then chosen for the new category? Well, 14 obviously would have been like for like with the AA, and as we've seen, the category perhaps needed tightening up. 16 is the obvious answer, isn't it? It's the landmark age at which, then as now, you can legally leave school, get married, have sex, join the army. It was also the age of the original X until 1970. Uh, so all the indications point to a 16 symbol instead of a 15 one. But 16 to 17 would be a very narrow life stage to base a, a, a category on. Um, the difference between a low 16 film and a low 18 one feels like it might be quite a fine distinction mm. um, and also it's probably quite a healthy society that allows 15 year olds in the year before they come into those landmarks in their life to, to watch films that deal with the subjects involved in them in quite an adult way It's interesting, so we sometimes get letters from the public who sort of criticise a film being classified at 15 given the landmark age that 16 is you, know, you can do all of these things and yet we are perhaps, in their view, being permissive by allowing certain things at the 15 rating. So I suppose, in a sense, it does make sense because there's that gap between 15 and 18, but there is a bit of a disparity between the 15 rating and the fact that you can then do certain things in, in the real world at 16. Yeah, there is. Has, has, was a 15A ever considered, Joe? No. I th we have an FAQ on our website, actually, because, um, yeah, people do sometimes ask, you know, well, you've introduced the 12A, why don't you introduce the 15A? And I think the answer really is that we just haven't had the same amount of feedback about a 15A. And what we mean by that is an advisory rating where parents could take a children to see a 15 uh, film if they wanted. And we simply haven't had the degree of feedback that would sort of necessitate that change. And, and it is a case that 15 films do have much stronger content in them um, than 12A films and feedback that we've received has generally been that parents wouldn't be comfortable having children viewing content of that type. 
I think it's really interesting because I remember the 15 as well, me being a teenager was such a huge category that we wanted to see and it was almost yeah, something that was out of reach for us. Um, so the 15s changed quite a lot. Can you compare one of the early horrors of the 15 with a recent 15? Yes. Well, the, f- the first film I've got for you is instructive because it's examined in July 82 on the AAX system, so just a couple of months before the 15 officially comes in. And all of the examiners mention that problematic 14-year-old audience. It's fair to say, very reluctantly, they rate the film X. It is Poltergeist by Toe Pooper, uh, he of the very brilliant Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Steven Spielberg also is heavily involved as um, a writer and producer. And, and by the way, here's an interesting BB- BBFC fact for you. The invoice number of Poltergeist is zero six 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 zero. That's brilliant. Now, don't tell me that's a coincidence. It's <laughs> clearly a poltergeist entry. Yeah, so Definitely. And I certainly spend quite a lot of my time pressed up against a screen like Carol Ann in the famous poster. In fact, mm. that's basically my life. <laughs> um, Carol Ann listeners, if you haven't seen the film, is a little girl who is snatched by supernatural forces and her family are plunged from suburban tranquility into a nightmare netherworld, it says here, as they try to get her back. It's still a genuinely creepy film. It's still a 15, in fact. There's a famous scene in which a man tears his own face off. Oh, that really got me when I saw it when yes. I was young, yes. <laughs> um, there's a swimming pool full of ghouls, memorably. Uh, interestingly, none of the examiners mentioned the bits that frightened me when I was young, which were the clown doll. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, and the and the especially the suppurating meat. Oh yes, yeah, I remember. There's, yeah, that's a bit. Yeah, there's a terrifying window into my neuroses. <laughs> um, but, but they were they were worried about the fourteen year olds, and this is my point. Here's what one said: one of the examiners who uh, writes a report on the film. I feel that this is in the Exorcist groove. Maybe I can't read the next word, which could proved very worrying to younger AA audiences with its very plausible descriptions of passing over from life to death and the way that some disturbed souls don't make it and in their anger become poltergeists. Uh, so he's mentioning the, the, the 14-year-olds. Here's another. Uh, disintegration of man's face in real four was quite gratuitous, and I'm a bit worried about squeamish 14-year-olds. Another says, quote, some teenagers would love it, but the connection with paranormal and the cumulative experience of special effects and atmosphere might prove very disturbing to the younger end of the double A, uh, especially girls, he says. Oh, Sorry about that, <laughs> listeners. That's definitely not a distinction we would make nowadays. No. And if they'd known about the young me and my fears of suppurating steak, then they, <laughs> they wouldn't have made it either. So for the fear of the 14-year-old audience, the board gives Poltergeist an X. But, and this is, my, this is my key point. Not long after the 15 comes in, you can see the BBFC's director crosses out the X, writes change to 15, and initials it. So it's a vivid recorded ex- example that clearly that extra year of maturity was felt to make a big difference to the film. Okay, let's let's compare Poltergeist to a contemporary 15 about another family plagued by supernatural forces, in this case, after the death of their grandmother. Hereditary was released last year. It's by Ari Aster. Um, Now, Poltergeist is a scary film, as I've said, but it has the feel of a 
sort of ghost train ride, doesn't it? It's mm. there are comic elements. It's, it's a definite Spielberg element. Of exactly, it's there. got that suburban feel. Mm. Um, uh, the, the face shredding scene isn't a mile away from Toots' melting face in Raiders mm-hmm. of the Lost Ark yeah. at PG. And in fact, Poltergeist was given a PG by our American equivalents, the MPAA. It's hard to say after so many years, but perhaps we feel at the back of our minds during Poltergeist that everything's going to work out okay for the Freelings. I'm not sure that we feel that everything's going to work out okay for the Grahams in in Hereditary. Um, I think we might even suspect that things will go very badly. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't have a ghost train feel to it, at least not any kind of ghost train that you'd come out of with a smile on your face. I won't describe the scenes of horror in case you haven't seen the film, but here's a Here's a quote from one of the reports. There are frequent scenes of sustained strong threat throughout the film which lend an overall disturbing tone, which carries additional impact given its contemporary real-world setting within a grieving family unit, where much of the horror is focused on a mother and her teenage son. However, there is no strongly sadistic threat, nor any sexualized threat. And that's the biggest difference for me between horror in 82, when the Red 15 was introduced, and now with the Pink 15 coming in. In the absence of any other factors, a film's scariness was enough to take it out of 15 and 82. But today, the guidelines tell us that scariness must have a sadistic element for the issue of threat and horror alone to make it unsuitable for a 15 audience. So, theoretically, you could make the scariest horror film in cinematic history. And as long as it's not complicated by other issues, the guidelines tell us that it's likely to be a 15. Wow, that's interesting. I remember going to see Hereditary with my um, best friend and um, we both came out of it and looked at each other and we were just gobsmacked. We said, oh my God, what have we just watched? Um, And there are some fantastical elements to it. Um, There's a scene involving a decapitated head, which, um, not to give any spoilers, but you might recall if you have seen the film, that... I think we both like jumped back at that point and we, <laughs> we were wondering what we were watching. Um, and would you say that fantastical elements do have a place in the 15 that might move it from an 18 to a 15? Fantastical elements in themselves wouldn't take a, a film out of 15. Um, the things that are very likely to a uh, sadistic violence or a nastier feel to the film, um, strongest gore of, of, often takes a horror to 18. But as I say, you could, a film can be as threatening or as scary as you like, but it can still be a 15 film. That's really interesting. Because um, Ariaster's other well-known film is Midsummer, and I thought it was interesting how one was rated higher than the other, but I also understood, because of the there were ling- more lingering elements of gore, there were much more... Um, and we talked about this, and we're going to talk about this in the 18 as well with those... Yeah, I think Sarah we're going to come on to that, aren't we? Yeah, um, we talked about how it's quite lingering in its um, gore, and there's a lot more sexual content, which would break it up as well. So it is interesting to compare almost hereditary to that as well. Which did you prefer? I preferred Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Well, so I haven't actually seen um, either film, but as is so often the case of the BBFC, I have seen the violent bits <laughs> in, um, in Hereditary. So yeah, although, I, although I haven't seen the film at all, I know how it ends. So mm. this is something that often happens. But, uh, oh, I, that's so, t- that's so upsetting yeah, just to well, see the endings. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much for your time, Jenny. That's been so interesting to hear. And thanks, Joe, for joining us as well. Check back in with us soon to find out more about our classification symbols and stay tuned for the 18, which will be coming next. Don't forget, you can tell us what you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at bbfc.co.uk or by tweeting bbfc.